We can't buy more clean air. We can't buy more clean water. I don't care what you have to say, but we have to adapt or we die. The voice of the people it is the voice of the advocates. It is the power of organizing. That's what creates that initial change. This is People Over Plastic. Welcome to the People Over Plastic podcast. I'm Shilpi Chotre, your host, plastic pollution activist and media maven. We're back with season three, and this time we've partnered up with PRISM, a newsroom led by journalists of color. Ray Levy-Ueda, PRISM's climate justice reporter, helps me break down the facts. We believe you deserve to know the real stories behind climate chaos and society's most pressing injustices. It's time to set the record straight. On today's episode, we're heading to Atlanta, Georgia to talk with Jacqueline Eccles, an avid nature lover who's been protecting the endangered South River for decades. This is a place of community, a place of joy, and a place that has taken years of cultivation and hard work to create a safe space for the predominantly Black community. And now, there's a massive citywide plan to infiltrate this peaceful space with a gigantic police training facility. Jackie is on the forefront of this fight. I grew up in Tuskegee, Alabama, and we didn't have a river, but we had uh, a creek. Fished a lot. During the summers, I would hang out on the streams behind my house with my brother. And so I grew up around streams that were clean. And I really grew to appreciate nature. And then when I got to Atlanta, I saw how important nature is for communities. And I'm talking about people, Black people, who typically don't swim and typically don't kayak or canoe. And they love it. We have sold out pretty much every paddle uh, that we've had for the last 12 years. So the experience of, of growing up and then actually being in Atlanta and witnessing the difference in attitude towards a river on the east side of town that happened to be the South River and the magnificent Chattahoochee on the west side of town. Jackie makes it clear there's a significant difference between the opposing ends of the river. Have a listen to Ray describing the current state of the South River. The South River, as Ms. Eccles pointed out, is like is already polluted. Like they already have a ton of different programs trying to heal the water and pull debris out of the water. The same river has very different communities on these opposing ends. The South River flows through majority black marginalized communities throughout South Atlanta, throughout Southeast Atlanta, and then it flows through South DeKalb County. It's predominantly black, 71% of the population is black. When you look at the river on that side of town, it was always impaired. It's never met water quality standards. No one really cared. The river was in a really bad place with no one to really fight for it. Whereas on the Chattahoochee side of the city, it's beautiful. But still, the idea, you know, behind the Clean Water Act is that all of these water bodies are supposed to meet water quality standards, right? 
this South River Forest, which I've never been to it, but from the people I've spoken with, it sounds beautiful. And it sounds just like a place where a lot of people have grown up with, but also is a kind of like touchstone in different communities in Atlanta. And so Cop City would be built on 85 acres of this 400 acre forest. It's clearly not for us. It's not for our, and it's going to be adverse to us and our, and our people. All of this started decades ago. I call it just historical disinvestment in Southeast Atlanta. When, if you fast forward till today and what's going on with the, what's been dubbed as, as Cop City Project, it's just latter-day manifestation of a historical environmental justice, environmental equity, and some environmental racism issues. The city of Atlanta has a responsibility in this too. They have a responsibility to, and have had, to ensure that the folks who live there get the same access to a healthy environmental quality of life as its folks on the northwest side of town. And it's hard not to make that comparison because it's so obvious. What do people risk losing if this moves forward? Civic Atlanta has never invested in South River watershed, ever. 2017, the Atlanta City Council passed an ordinance that was designed to protect the old prison farm. It was then being used as unofficial practice range for the police. Demolition type exercises, target practice, gun range, that kind of thing. But folks in the community, and there were some folks working on it then, were hopeful that it would be turned into a park. It was a huge piece of green space. We were talking over 330 acres. And in urban Atlanta, that's a lot of green space. It's the largest last remaining piece of green space at that size. In 2017, the city council you know, agreed to protect it as green space to make the environment a big piece of Atlanta's future. And then we learned Atlanta Police Foundation had reached out to the city of Atlanta to begin talks about acquiring that land for their police academy. In June of 2022, PRISM published an article written by Ray about community members concerned about the damage from Cop City. When I read the piece, I knew I had to talk to Jackie. And it really came to a head a couple of years later, 2021, late 2020, when it became news that Mayor Bottoms had entered into an agreement with the Atlanta Police Foundation to actually allow the foundation to build their state-of-the-art uh, police academy on that site. There was tremendous public outcry, which continues to this day. The problem is the police foundation is spearheading this whole thing. The, the council is not even enforcing the ordinance that it passed that was supposed to provide some uh, protections related to the land. It's there in writing, but the question becomes when the city doesn't enforce its own ordinance, who does? I did read that 70% of the total, it was an over a thousand people that produced these public comments opposed the new facility, 
but they're bringing in this narrative under the guise of so-called rising crime. What is the narrative you actually want people to hear and amplify instead? This was just talk about crime. This is the narrative that the Police Foundation promoted, is promoting. And there was no data to support that narrative. The inability of the city of Atlanta to retain police had something to do with training. There was nothing to uh, support that. The biggest issue with Atlanta not being able to uh, retain police has to do with pay. I would love to know a little bit more about the facility itself. And it is going to be extremely close to a predominantly Black community. Well, that, that goes to the environmental justice racism issue. That's really the heart of it. If you need a better reason not to do it, if you don't care anything about the river or any of that, there are the people who live there and that have been subjected to this kind of of treatment. To justify it by suggesting that the folks who live there, who live nearby, support it, I think it's an insult for anyone who lives on the northwest side of town, anywhere outside of this area, to promote the idea that the folks that live there don't mind. Because my question has been to some of them, would you mind? They don't answer that question, of course. Well, it's like unfortunate that it needs to be said, but I think it's important just to have it on the record that, you know, cops, police do not keep people safe. Cops are born out of the system of patrolling enslaved people during the period of legal enslavement in the U.S. So that legacy is still very much baked into this system of policing and surveillance in the United States. I don't not only blame uh, the Atlanta Police Foundation, I blame um, the Atlanta City Council and I blame the Atlanta mayor to have lived through the civil rights era, the voting rights era, and I remember full well my idea and the idea, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s of, of black people having the, the right to vote and that the only way that we were going to improve really our lot in life was to be able to elect folks who look like us because then they, there was a shared experience. But to look at what's going on in DeKalb County, the city of Atlanta, and the impact on black communities that are being, the impacts that are being perpetrated by black folks who are elected by black people is really disheartening. Who is getting paid off behind closed doors? I have no doubt that the Atlanta Police Foundation would love to have this facility. It would cure all of their money problems, this state-of-the-art facility. I don't believe that it was ever intended to train just Atlanta police. Atlanta has five or 600 police. You don't need an 85 acres facility to train five or 600 recruits every six months. So I honestly see this as their opportunity to market this facility to the world, which creates money, a financial resource for them that would eliminate all of their money issues. 
today, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms said it's abundantly clear there is a need to review the rules and the training for how police use deadly force. Our police officers are to be guardians and not warriors within our communities. So as many of you know, Atlanta has been at the heart of racial justice and community power. And I felt like there was this massive disconnect between the media and the news coming out of Atlanta with placing cops on a pedestal. You're absolutely right. I know the way it's being presented to the public and not focusing on this fortunate issues that occurred. That's why there was a focus, I think, of trying to tag it to this notion of police needing more training. That's correct. I did want to talk about Coca-Cola because of our team's experience and work in plastic pollution. Coca-Cola was sort of interesting to me being the number one polluter of single-use plastic in the world, which is headquartered in Atlanta. They were eventually on the board of this cop city and then they pulled out. I know there was a lot of pressure, corporations, or at least to get even information on the corporations that were contributing to this police facility. I know one of the largest ones was the Cox Enterprise. I heard AT&T, the telephone company, haven't seen the list of exactly who that is because you don't have that kind of ready access to the list of corporations that that are supporting this effort. As Ray writes in their article, responding to narratives of rising crime with more police would be like responding to climate change by donating to oil companies. That unfortunately, corporations in the city of Atlanta and the mayor are just totally bypassing. Exactly what is that? They do not say. What is driving this? Because no one believes it's crime. Nobody. Cops do not keep people safe. Cops are intended to protect property and protect the wealth and property of of white people. Um, So I think that's important to be named just because of how much money is funneled into, one, you know, this cop city will cost $90 million in private philanthropy money, which is partly how it's getting built, is that they're not using public money per se. The Atlanta Police Foundation, which consists of a board, CEOs, people in the C-suite, a ton of different corporations. The city of Atlanta is funding, I think the last number I saw was like $30 million of it. And it's they're really using a complicated method of tax credits of different kinds and so forth. I mean, if they're willing to put in $30 million, they're only doing this, Jackie, because they think they're going to make a return. I put this very point in a letter to Alex Taylor, who is the chair of Cox Enterprises. I had a conversation with him, and I recap our conversation in a letter of six points. And one of them was about, this is not about training police. This is bigger than any other facility in this country. So no one is buying this notion. Is there any chance that this won't go through, or is it a done deal? It's a tough fight. There are some regulatory issues, water quality issues. I'm maintaining that this police facility, if you build it, would become a new point source of pollution on the South River. And it's already endangered from a water quality standpoint. 
but we're not giving up. I mean, I learned a long time ago that you don't win fights about giving up. You've spoken really eloquently about this, but if you had kind of closing thoughts on this important of green spaces that a lot of us do take for granted, what would your message be? The only way that a municipality can support a community is through green space. That's the biggest thing it can do. That's the investment. Because as a community, as the environment goes, so goes the community. If you rescue the environment, you can rescue the community. Cop cities, they're real. Jacqueline's bravery, not only at an ecological level, but a racial justice level, is happening now. To learn more about what's going on in Atlanta and how to get involved, check out our show notes. The Hot Seat was produced by Francisco Nunez Capriles. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're loving the show, please give us a review. Signing off for now. 